Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I am a feminist, but I think I might be better at giving blowjobs than I am at masturbating. feminist, but I sometimes fantasize about being sexually dominated by famous fictitious misogynist and woman user Don Draper. (laughs) We've all been there. Um, I am a feminist, but Deborah has told me extensive facts about female quotas in politics and the name of her favorite mascara. I remember the name of the mascara. <laughs> is it the Chanel one? Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. good. It's <laughs> really good. No, it's amazing. It Where is amazing. Is it right now? I'm a feminist, but a part of me truly believes that if I spent time with famous fictitious misogynist Don Draper, <laughs> that I could make him whole and stop his pain. <laughs> I am a feminist, but I know all the lyrics to the Eminem song, Kim. I'm a feminist, but sometimes when I'm talking to another feminist about a topic I'm not sure about, I agree with her opinions because I want her to like me. (laughs) 
<clears throat> I am a feminist, but I've only read 70% of all of the feminist articles I sent to you and demand that you read. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but sometimes I write back, wow, this looks good. I'll definitely read it and never do. <laughs> so we don't tell each other these. <laughs> so that one was kind of ad-libbed, but also really true. I'm a feminist, but in my last admission about agreeing with other feminists, I made a tacit assumption that all feminists were women. Well, what? I did. I said I agree with her opinions because I want her to like me. And you're meant to be feminists and none of you spotted it. <laughs> Boom. You're all feminists, but... Deborah's a feminist, but when I said the sentence, I'm being held down by patriarchy, she said, ooh, who's Patrick Arty? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I thought she had a new man called Patrick Arty. That's Help true. It was way. her accent. That's, you racist. cannot blame me. You're a racist? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can't be racist against Scandinavians. That is true. It's not a thing. We are quite well off. <laughs> um. Live from London's West End, the Spontaneous Chef presents the Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis White and tonight's special guest, Joe Caulfield. What was your challenge, Deborah? So my apology challenge was that I was to ring up uh, somebody who could be helpful to me in my career, and I was to ask for a meeting without any kind of apology or qualification. Um, now, I did this today, and I rehearsed it with Sophie uh, in the afternoon, and she picked me up on all the places that I was saying things like, I had some ideas I'd like to pitch to you that could be good. And she was saying, why are you saying you'd like to pitch them to him? Say, just pitch, so just, just tell him you're going to pitch them to him. So I did it this afternoon, and this is what I said, is I rang up and I said, um, I've just won the Writers Guild Award for Best Radio Comedy. And a lot of people are calling me and asking me what I'd like to do next. But I thought to myself, who do I want to work with? I don't want to just be reactive. And I thought, I want to most work with you, which is true. I do want to work with him. And I said, I have some ideas. Didn't say they were good or otherwise. Didn't that you might like. What I wanted to say, really desperately wanted to say, and it took all of my strength, my physical strength, not to say, I have some ideas. Some of you, you might like some of them. You might not like others. That's what I wanted to say desperately. Some of them you probably won't like. But some of them would be more up your street. Why? Why am I pitching him stuff that I know he doesn't? Why would I say that? I don't know. So I made myself just say, I have some ideas. I want to pitch them to you. I would like to meet you next week for a coffee. Would you do that? I didn't even say, would you do that? I just let the silence hang. And, and, and I said, because I really want to work with you. And he said, oh, that's so nice. He said, that's really flattering. That's really lovely. And he was so happy. And then he kind of started pitching himself to me <laughs> and explaining why I wanted to work with him. And so it was really great. And I, in fact, I couldn't get off the phone. And Sophie was like, <laughs> wind it up, wind it up. Um, and it was, it was a wonderful experience. And the thing is, in the corporate world, often I, I show women how to do this. And I can kind of do it on behalf... No, I can do it. Um, <laughs> uh, on behalf of other people or when I'm in that mode. But somehow when it comes to me, 
in the comedy world, there's a part of me that goes, I know that I'm a woman and I know that that's often seen as an obstacle. I don't know this, that this person wants to hear from me. I fear on the other end of the phone they're making this face. And, and I don't want them to make that face, so I don't make the call. And today I made the call, and it was really great. And uh, I have a meeting next week, and so I'm going to do it every day this week. I'm going to bring somebody that I would like to work with and make them have a coffee with me, whether they want to or not. <laughs> you, did, you did so well. Like, as you had to... You, you, you should have seen her. She had like her face like almost like into the wall. Like she didn't even want to look at me <laughs> to I get didn't distracted. Look at her. No. You were just going like, <laughs> in a corner. It was amazing. I was hunched in a corner. He didn't know that though. I sounded like I was standing on a podium. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Deborah Francis White. <laughs> the truth is, men have 10 times more testosterone than we do. And testosterone is a very powerful self-promoter because it makes you think you're better than you are. <laughs> That's its job. It's a biochemical line to make you think you can catch a woolly mammoth when you can't. <laughs> and when the men come back in hunter-gatherer societies, this is true, in every hunter-gatherer society, in every culture around the world, they, when they come back, they get a testosterone spike after they do dangerous things. Um, and you will find this. If your boyfriend or husband goes off to play football, at the end, he will get a spike if... Any guesses? He wins. That's right. And it is also the t it's exactly the same spike that he will get if he watches other men play football while he wears a scarf. <laughs> and when they come back, they sing a song. They get to sing a special song in all cultures. And the song with they, that they want to sing, because they've got the testosterone rush, goes something like this in every culture. I saw the beast and the beast was scary, but the beast didn't get me. I fought the beast. I killed the beast and I brought it home for tea. <laughs> That is the song. And there's no culture, and I have checked, is there a song that goes, the beast, it grew inside of me, and then it tried to fight its way out, and I nearly died, but I didn't, because I'm strong. Then it tried to suck on me like a tiny parasite, and I had to let it, and I never once complained. <laughs> and there should be. Why is that not a fucking song? I don't understand why it's not a fucking song. And I do, I work in, um, I go into businesses and I do something between a stand-up show and a TED talk uh, for women in business. It's, uh, and if you have a company that would like that, please bear in mind, I do say fucking a lot less. Um, and, and I see, so I see boardrooms all the time. I see corporate boardrooms. And the men come in and they've just won a big deal or de developed a project and they stand up in front of all their peers and their bosses and they say, okay, so as you can see here from the first PowerPoint slide... I saw the beast and the beast was scary, but the beast didn't get me. I fought the beast, I killed the beast and I brought it home for tea. And then a woman will stand up who does not have a biochemical lie telling her she's a rock star, so she's done much more work of much higher quality and, and not phoned it in. And she will stand up and go, as you can see from the first slide, I've got a beast, but it was kind of old. It was probably going to die anyway. <laughs> sort of fell down in front of me. <laughs> Tea method. <laughs> We're going to start singing better songs, ladies. Sophie, how was your challenge? 
well, <laughs> my challenge was to not say sorry for a whole week. Yeah, I think we all know that that went <laughs> splendidly, didn't it? <laughs> it's physically impossible. Like, it's just because it's just the first word that's on my tongue. So anything that happens, my, I, I'll say sorry before I'll say hello. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I'm in front of you <laughs> at this coffee date we just arranged. <laughs> I'll say sorry for everything. I'm sorry I'm calling you. I, sorry for calling you at this hour. <clears throat> sorry for calling you at 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4. It doesn't matter. Just sorry that I'm existing. My whole life I'm apologizing for just existing. So I tried to not apologize, which mean, meant that I, I, I said the first, I said I'm s a lot, and then I tried to stop it there. So I'd go, I'm s, s <laughs> And my other uh, way of doing it was to go, uh, just because I, I would just take out the, in my head I would take out the I'm sorry, but I'd leave the rest of the sentence. So where I would say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna push you. I'd say, I'm gonna push you. <laughs> Why were you pushing people, Sophie? Yeah, on the tube. Oh. On the tube. You'd you know, go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to push you. I'm just going to get in, out here. I'm so sorry. In I'm London, sorry. the whole I'm sorry, I'm going to push you thing, that's not a thing we do. Is that a Copenhagen <laughs> thing? I don't, you don't say I'm sorry, I'm going to push you in well, London. Well, now you, they all say, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to push, push you, you now. <laughs> Someone said on the tube to me, I'm going to push you. I'd be frightened. What? I, under the train? I'm going to push you. Don't say it on the platform. <laughs> I'm going to push you. <laughs> You it's a challenge for a podcast. I'm going to push you. <laughs> it's a comedy challenge. I'm going to push you <laughs> under a train. Also, I found an app you can install on your browser that will, uh, every time you write sorry, it'll like underline it. Or, and also, if you say just or try, it's mm. terrifying. You just go, oh, <laughs> delete. So all the emails have just been like, do this. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, so something horrible happened. This week, this never happens ever. Four boys, men, were interested in me. Like, <laughs> Patrick Archie on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. And that's my worst thing. Is if, if I have to reject someone, I'll just go, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Because it's the worst feeling ever. I think everyone kind of can relate to that. Well, which makes me think, like, it was the worst. I just thought, oh, it's the challenge. Like, and now I know that God is feminist and listens to this podcast. <laughs> Sure. Just put me on this in this, and it was so weird because I was really finding I'm myself. I'm a feminist, Bart. I've designed the world so that <laughs> men get everything. I'm so sorry. That's. I'm a feminist, but I crucified my own son and pretended to be a man so I could get away with it. <laughs> That's a book we'll write at some point. Mm. You know that. Uh, it was just weird. So it was. It was a lot of like horrible situations where I had to go. I am rejecting you. I'm some, and I wish you well, good luck <laughs> in your life. And we have one of those boys here tonight. Hey! <laughs> Patrick, how are you? <laughs> no, it felt, the thing is, ever since you challenged me to do this in December, I am taking myself more seriously now. So I've started, like all of a sudden I've booked holidays in. Like I never take holidays, I never take vacations. All of a sudden I've booked in these little trips to New York and to like cabins in the woods and stuff. It's nice things where I could, I think like when, I've, when I stopped apologizing for existing, I started like living. Like because I, I started like being, it's allowed for me to live now so I'll make the best of it. It sounds a bit Oprah, I'm apologizing now. Yes. <laughs> Does not sound Oprah and if it did, she's the most influential woman in the world. What are you apologizing for that for? <laughs> I'm sorry, I sound a bit like Steve Jobs. <laughs> When's the last time you heard a man say that? I'm it's so really sorry I accidentally Bill Clinton. 
oh, this is so bad. Today I sent an email. I, there were some shows I didn't want to do, and I and I just I read the email after I'd sent it, and it was to my agent, and basically just said, there are some shows that I don't think I might want to maybe participate in, and I was and it ended with me going, I kind of want to maybe cancel them. What do you think? <laughs> and what did he say? He's he said, well, he said, oh, I don't think you should cancel them, but what I think he said was, I make money off of this, don't cancel them. Uh, <laughs> Is your agent not in tonight? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. you could ask him now. <laughs> or, or not ask him, tell him now. Like a live chat. I think that would be good for all of us. To, like it would be a shared learning experience for me and all the other women here. I would like you to say, I don't want to do the gigs. Thank you for arranging the gigs. I'm not doing the gigs. <clears throat> just, uh, this is just, I don't know, I'm making this up. No, I don't. I do know. I'm, I've... <laughs> I've made it up, and it's good. It's good stuff, people. Um, <coughs> is, your, is your agent really into your agent? Yeah, he is. Okay, Chris? Yeah. Where uh, are you? Okay. <laughs> Chris? That's technically not what I said, though, so. I did say, that one we're cancelling, and the other one might be a bit too tight to cancel. But I can cancel them both if you want. You shouldn't apologise so much, Chris. <laughs> you should be more firm and go, do the fucking gigs. <laughs> Chris, I would like, I think... No. I know... <laughs> I know that I... I cancelled one of them, and I'll take the other one out if you want. Chris, a woman <laughs> is talking. <laughs> and this is not the room to talk over her in. Okay? Chris? Mm. I've paid you <laughs> to... <laughs> Just say it. I want. No, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> Chris, I demand. Okay, you don't have to be rude. Okay. It's just not. It's not don't make him cry. It's just not apologising. That is very hard to not do. Chris, do go on and do you cancel those gigs. We'll do. Yes. Good. Good. How does that feel, Sophie? Oh, I, it genuinely felt horrible. That yeah. felt really bad. Yeah. Well, Are you was, okay? Was, is that, was, is it, it was, okay? It was done inexpertly, <laughs> but I feel like it's a step towards doing it well next time. Are you all right? Can you, do you, seriously? I'm blushing. No, I'm fine. Okay. So our Guilty Feminist Challenge this week is for every, all of our listeners and yeah. our live audience here to f either phone somebody up and ask for something without apology or qualification or to cancel something without apology or qualification. Just to be clear, you don't need to make them cry. <laughs> You're just not apologising, okay? You don't have to say, you work for me, you bastard. Um, <laughs> that's not necessary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think drunk men are amazing. My drunk men are my favorite unapologetic people. Uh, my favorite unapologetic drunk man was uh, it was a, y a year ago. I was in Edinburgh where sometimes they drink. 
<laughs> and uh, I was standing out, I was talking to my friend, and I was standing kind of like up against the wall talking to my friend, and uh, people were drunk everywhere, and this man uh, came up to me, and he was really drunk. You can tell from afar when they're dicks. <laughs> and he walked up to me, and he placed his face like almost on my face, like way too close, and I couldn't get away. I was standing up against the wall, and he just went, hello. And usually, like, that terrifies me. And usually I would just kind of go, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't think I'm, this is the day where I'm into that. <laughs> oh, better luck next time, sir. But I think it was because I felt cornered that I kind of just reacted, like, in a way I've never done before. So I just went, immediately just went, no. He <laughs> had never happened to me before. And I know that because he was so shocked. He was so scared. He just turned around and walked into a wall. <laughs> It's the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> That's the physical manifestation of my boundaries. In bricks on your face. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Joe Caulfield. Joe Caulfield. Welcome, 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 Joe Caulfield. Thank you. So, Joe. Yes. I see you as somebody who really doesn't apologise much. Well, that's rude, isn't it? <laughs> that's a very rude start, I think. No, I think in a good way. Like, I admire you because your stand-up isn't apologetic. No. Your stand-up is, is quite brutal in a way, isn't it? No. <laughs> not brutal. Brutal's the wrong it's word. It's really not brutal. It's direct. It's direct. It's direct. That's I think what I meant. There's nothing more annoying than somebody being apologetic on stage. Oh shit. Because it's so You're not going to enjoy us. It's such an arrogant thing to people are paid to see you. If you come on stage and you're like, oh I'm really sorry I'm not very good at this, as a member of the audience, they go, well fuck off then, you know. <laughs> I've paid and I thought you'd prepare in some way for what you're about to do. But with apology, I think a thing to be aware of, and it's taken me years to be aware of it, and I still don't deal with it often when it happens, is, you know, you can be in a situation, and often it'll be not till I get home that I'll go, hmm, I didn't like the way they said that. There was something about that that was a bit demeaning, and I wish I'd dealt with it at the time. Mm. And I've more and more, as I got older, tried to make myself right. Don't go home and then go, damn, they did put me down in a weird sort of a way. Yeah. Uh, to try to deal with it then. And I, here's an example where I thought, oh, they're going to think I am the most humorless person on the planet. But it was so just like, I thought, no, it's not on. It was a literacy campaign. Yeah. How could I be offended? I know, right? <laughs> so it's some government-funded literacy campaign, and they had all sorts of people, comedians and different people, who were going to film a little insert, and they were going to play this film, and we, it was all about us to encourage people to read, right? And, of course... I'm not a monster. I would like to encourage people to read. So I said, yes, I'll do it. And they said, oh, we'll send you, the, we'll send you uh, what you have to do, and we're going to film it, and you'll be reading a certain book. So there was all sorts of people. There was Ronnie Corbett did it. It was a rather mix. It was Ronnie, I remember Jerry Halliwell did it, and uh, <laughs> Lee Mack. There was famous people, and there was me, right? And then they sent me, and it was just the night before I was to do it, and the book I was to read, I don't know who wrote it, um, but it was the uh, Emmanuel... And they were going to reenact the cover, and I happened to know that cover, and I thought, I think she's not wearing a lot, and she's in that sort of 70s bamboo chair. Why would I do that? If I've got all, one, if I've got all the books in the world to encourage people to read, why would I say, why don't you read this trashy, cheap, not even porn, right? <laughs> and two, I thought, 
are you, have you just gone, oh, it's a woman, we'll make her dress sexy? Or do you think, because I'm a female comic, you think it'll be funny? Like, I'll do some sort of grotesque, ooh, I'm not very attractive, kind of, you know. But I thought, that's not the humour I do. I don't do that kind of yeah. self-deprecating humour in that way. So I thought, well, I'm not going to do it for that reason. And I'm certainly not going to do it to be sexy, because that would be, to me, would be ludicrous, because I'd go, I'm a comedian, I'm not going to go, yeah, why don't I wear a little mask and sit on the chair and read this shit book? So, <laughs> I was so annoyed about it, but it was the night before, and I, I, I couldn't sleep, because I was thinking, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, but they'll think I'm awful if I go, look, because they obviously don't see what's wrong with it. So, I went there, and I had to say to them, and I probably started with, I'm sorry, I said, I'm really sorry, but uh, I'm not going to do this. And I'm sorry if it messes up all you've planned film, but you must have another book that I could read. And then there was a huddle, and they went, and then they showed me this sort of um, flesh-coloured bask and went, but it's really nice. Oh. And, uh, it's and then they went... encourage literacy. Yeah. <laughs> they were asking Joe Caulfield to get in a skin-coloured yeah. bask. Yeah, no, it's completely true. And then I think... And read I'd... some soft porn. Yeah. But this is how people are. They don't think. They don't think that a woman would go, that's really actually offensive. And then I felt I was kind of punished because then they went, well, do you like Jane Austen? <laughs> right, on a scarf. So, so I said, yeah. So I said, yes, I'll, I'll read Jane Austen. So in the end, I ended up wearing like a, a, a lace blouse up to my chin <laughs> like this with my hair scraped back. And they went, just give her natural makeup. She doesn't want makeup. <laughs> And so that was my punishment. It was like they could only see, it was, you know, Madonna or lady who likes to read books and isn't interested in makeup. You know, mm. it was, but I think those things are very important with women. And that's, it's sort of, that is to me is not apologizing. That's when you go, no, I'm really uncomfortable with that. You may not see it and you may go, oh, she was really difficult to deal with. But that's very important because mm. otherwise mm. they will keep going. Oh, it's women. They do these things, mm. you know. But I'm sure they thought I was a complete freak. Yeah. See, I think there are times when it's appropriate to apologise. Well, it's not, well, hmm. it's not as much about apologising as it's the, the rhetoric of behind it. So it's like you can say the same thing where if I was in that situation, which I won't be apparently, I <laughs> they never asked me to be naked on the cover of a book. But um, not that I'm angry about that, but Chris, get on that. Um, <laughs> get me on a book cover naked. It's fine. I... Um, it's more like the rhetoric was, you know, I would say, oh, I'm terribly, terribly sorry to ruin your entire photo shoot. I know you've worked so hard. I'm really sorry. Because she's so on their side. But, no, no, <laughs> but you can say the word sorry and it mm. doesn't sound sorry. Mm -hmm. So you can come in and go, I'm sorry, but I'm not wearing a basque on the front cover of a literacy campaign that's ridiculous and that doesn't sound sorry at all or you no. can say oh gosh I'm so sorry is this going to inconvenience everyone if I wore something perhaps a little bit you know more like clothes <laughs> yeah see that would have been the good way to do it if you're not already angry <laughs> no I don't think it is the good way to do it because what story does that tell the story the story that that tells is if you say um and I've seen it on The Apprentice a lot they have the, the boys team and the girls team and they go off and they, they go on basically a scavenger hunt where they have to um negotiate for different random rare items and I've I learned all my negotiating tactics from the boys team on The Apprentice and so did all the girls who do the current Apprentice women who mm. do the current Apprentice because they've got a lot better at it watching the first few series the first few series this is what would happen the women would go in and say um, to some chap who was selling, you know, a, you know, a suit of armor or something, I don't suppose you could do anything on the price for us. 
Um, and he would say, well, no, you've just told me I can't. And the, the men's team would go in and say, um, mate, I've got 100 quid cash. It's all I've got. Do we have a deal? And they'd put their hand out. And the other person would just put their hand out because that's what you do if someone puts a hand in your face. Mm. Shake the hands and then they'd think, oh, God, I've lost a £3,000 grandfather clock. <laughs> and you see them do it. And I, I got my kitchen like that. I did. I learned it. I watched it and I played it back and I practiced the skills. And I, I said to the man who was selling me my kitchen, I've seen another kitchen um, at Magnet Kitchens. It's, I'd rather have yours because it's better, but that one's £3,000 less. Can you do it at this price? I put my hand out and said, we've got a deal. And my husband leant in and went, well, we could pay a bigger deposit if that would help. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Never interrupt me when I'm doing a deal. <laughs> so basically, I've learned a lot from The Apprentice, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I've learned so much from The Apprentice. Are you good at negotiating? Uh, I, but I used to work as a as a team leader for like a charity thing. <laughs> no big deal, guys. And uh, <laughs> sit down, come on. And uh, <laughs> it was like a fundraising thing. So the people who called out and said, "Give me all your money," but for good things. And uh, and all the the girls, the women would usually say, "Hello, can I borrow five minutes of your time?" And the the men would go, "Hi, so here's the deal." No. Oh. And the, the 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 women, the people who would ask, "Do you have five minutes?" They'd go, "No." They'd go, "Oh." Bye. And they wouldn't get anything done. So what I would do as the leader was to tell them to... I, want, I was just about to say man up. But I'm a feminist. Because uh, <laughs> that is the way you do it. And that is how you learn. It's by doing what you see the... That's not going to be the end of a podcast, is it? No. That's what you should do. Do what a man does. No. No. We the have been the good... <laughs> Oh, we oh, do a Q&A. Hell, we forgot the Q&A. Oh, Q&A. No, no, we want to do the Q&A. We want to. That's but right. We, we, we have time for like one question. One question. Oh. Yes, yes. 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 Ooh, is there yes. a line between the question was, is there a line between mm. being apologetic and being polite? Well, I asked you that when I was doing my challenge because I said I can't just not say sorry because I do occasionally fuck up. <laughs> but it's about realizing when you're yourself realize yourself when you're doing which thing am I being polite or am I being apologetic and that's the difficult for me it's about making one warm apology and then stopping uh, saying to the person I'm so sorry I'm re I'm really late I'm so sorry I kept you waiting and then getting on with the meeting because I think for me where it starts to lower my status if I keep going I'm so sorry oh god I've looked at you. I'm so sorry there's so much traffic I'm really sorry I'm really sorry and what, what you're really saying to the other person is look after my feelings take care of me make me feel okay about my lateness um, if you don't say sorry so tonight Sophie and I got a taxi here and the taxi driver went past to the street <laughs> and I said oh stop 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 it's Cheney Street it's just back there and he slammed the brakes on and he went, mm -hmm. and I said, I said, oh, I didn't hear you. What did you say? And he went, mm -hmm. and I said, did you say something? And he went, mm -hmm. and I, I just didn't let it go. You, she didn't let it go. I really didn't let it go. <laughs> She's so still I not technically forward, let it go. And I said, what did you say? And he said, oh, uh, I thought it was the next one. And I thought, in what world does he not need to apologize? Does he not need to go, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I also think that people in Britain are too polite. This has been the Guilty Feminist. <laughs> <laughs>
it's just hard because you, when you move here, you just get a lot of. Oh, you have to say I'm sorry all the time, and you have to say how yes, are you? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I apologise. I'm things. sorry for not saying. We're very polite. But you I, are. I agree with Deborah about over, the over sorry. Is I feel it's very passive aggressive, isn't it? Mm. Like they've done something wrong, but now they're making you feel bad about them having done something wrong. But I am slightly annoyed that you were late for that meeting because I really hate people being late. <laughs> so when you said I was late, I almost went, oh no, oh I'm annoyed. It was Go. a made up meeting, Joe. Okay. <laughs> Nobody was inconvenienced okay. in the making of this podcast. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, sometimes I've been late for a meeting with Sophie, which was real. But don't let it keep you awake tonight, Joe. <laughs> For the full 20 minutes, I was late. Can I do an apology? Mm, um, women, if you, have, if you experience times when you think, I want to call somebody, but oh, I want to ask for something, but I'm, I feel too embarrassed to ask for it, or I don't have the confidence that I'm not going to get rejected, so I'm just not going to make the call... Uh, could you go, close your eyes, could you go, mm. Mm. If you never feel that as a woman, or have never felt that as a woman, go, mm. mm. Okay, if you, if, you've, if you apologize more than you would like to, and sometimes end up feeling you've lost status, could you go, as a woman, could you go, mm. Mm. If you have not experienced that as a woman? Mm. Mm. Okay, interesting. Men. Okay, everyone close their eyes. Men. If you sometimes don't make phone calls because you don't want to be rejected or you don't think they're going to respond, go, hmm? Oh. Um, if you apologize, if you, if you never experience that, men? If, sorry, do that again? <laughs> it's just one guy, maybe, and he's like, well, I don't want to be the only one out. I don't want out, no. <laughs> if, you, if you apologize more than you mean to, uh, men, or more than you more than you like to, more than you wish you had. Could you go, mm, men? Mm. If you don't do that, men. Sorry, if you don't do that, men. They're all over this side. Have you got? Susan Kalman is in the front row on the right-hand side of the theatre. She now feels violated because basically she feels she's like surrounded by groaning men. That's what's happened here in this theatre. Give it up for Joe Caulfield. Is, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Anything? People could come and see you anywhere? Or do you, are you on Twitter? Stuff like that? I'm on Twitter, Joe underscore Caulfield. And I'm uh, touring uh, not till the autumn, though. Oh. Other than that, I'm getting a new kitchen. <laughs> Deborah, do you have anything to plug? Um, I'm touring in the spring a show called Deborah Francis White Rolls the Dice, uh, which is based on my Radio 4 show of the same name. And you can find me at Deborah FW on Twitter. Brilliant. I am all over the place. I have uh, a podcast where it's just me rambling. <laughs> I think you'll all be listening to that. It's called, uh, uh, I was about to say The Guilty Feminist, but that's this one. Mine one is called... Uh, would you like to start again? What, do you, what would you like to plug, Sophie? I want to plug my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? Now that's going to sound sarcastic. Can I please plug my podcast? Sophie, what okay. are you doing? Right. Well, Deborah, it's funny that you should ask. <laughs> I 
also have a very comedy-based podcast uh, called Comedians Telling Stuff, which you're a guest on as well. So that's your reasoning for listening to that. And um, I'm on Twitter, which is at Sophie Hagen, S-O-F-I-E-H-A-G-E-N. Do you all go and follow that account? You can find the Guilty Feminist Podcast on Twitter, which is at guiltfempod, or the Guilty Feminist Podcast on Facebook. And if you enjoyed this show, go to iTunes and subscribe and give us a preferably high rating. That's right. You will be giving us five stars with no apology. Give us a five-star rating, bitch. No. No. (laughs) Sorry. No. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Sophie Hagen, Deborah Francis-White, and our special guest, Joe Caulfield. The recording engineer was Chris Schaaf. The producer was Sam Solinsky for Spontaneity Chef. Thanks to Massenet, SRO, and all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Did you used to apologise more when you were younger, Joe? Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think most people do. And I think boys do as well, don't they? You do. And then you realise, oh, these people I'm apologising to, they're idiots and they don't know anything. (laughs) I know more than them. Yeah.